Times are changing very, very fast. The world is busy changing, and uh, we understand why the world is changing. And this is not going to be part of my message, but I just need to get this off my chest. I really do believe in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a preacher of the rapture. I don't care how many people don't believe in the rapture anymore. I believe in the rapture. I believe in the rapture of the church. You know, the new doctrine today is that they reckon that it's the unrighteous that will be raptured. I don't know where they will be raptured to. But the Bible says that those who are dead in Christ shall raise first. They will rise first. And then those who remain on the earth, we will meet the Lord together in the sky. And so we will be with him forever and forever. He's coming back for a glorious church. Everything points back to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it's going to happen. In a, in a, like I said last Sunday, I said I'm not looking for the signs of time. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet. Because everything is pointing back to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to just ex um, tell you an experience that I had. And I'm not a type of guy that say that I, I've seen stuff. You know, if I tell you I've seen something, you must know that I've seen something. I'm not a type of guy that walks out and see a bird and then try to find something in the bird. No, that's not me. I know when the Lord speaks to me. So I was going to bed one night and I was just as I was falling asleep, I was woken up by a bright light. So bright. Now, if you know my wife, she can't sleep with any lights on. So there's no lights. All right. Everything is pitch black. It's dark. You can't see your hand in front of you. But I was woken up with a bright light. So bright that I, that I had, my eyes were closed, but I had to close my eyes even more. And I thought to myself, what is this? The brightest light I've seen in my life. The brightest light. And suddenly out of that light came a mansion. I saw a mansion on a hill. A white, white mansion. A huge mansion. And I, I like, I like uh, architect stuff. And, and, and this mansion was built exact the way that I would like it. And I, I saw that. I thought to myself, why am I seeing this? And I, I'm just thinking to myself what the Lord is doing. He's just showing me a preview. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Of my mansion in the sky. Amen. Hallelujah. And I was reminded when I saw that, I was reminded about a year or two ago. I was, I, I was in a dream and I saw heaven open up and I saw a city. The most beautiful city. And I heard a voice out of heaven say to me, come up here. And as I heard the voice say, come up here, I said, Lord, I can't come now. I have too much work for you. And the second time I heard the voice again, come up here. You know, I'm excited about this kind of stuff because Jesus said, I am gone to prepare a mansion for you. And when I'm done, I'm coming back so that you can be wherever I am. Amen. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor that Jesus Christ is coming back. So, so last night I was, I, was, I was praying and it came to my spirit. You know, this whole lockdown brought me and my wife to a place of deep trust in the Lord. The deepest trust that I've ever been with the Lord. Listen, I've been close to the Lord and my, I always thought to myself that my faith is, is, is here. But the last, the last, can somebody just bring it? I don't want to walk underneath that speaker. Thank you. I always thought that my faith is, is at a high level. But when the lockdown came, it was like the Lord shift, shifted us, our, our faith. And as I was praying last night, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I've, I've took your faith and I've brought it into a place of depths. There's a, there's a deep level of trust that we had to learn in this lockdown. And I said to Wayne, before the service started, I said a lot of people look at you from the surface and they think everything is fine, but they do not understand the battles that you've been fighting behind the scenes. And, and let me just tell you this, that I think that I've asked God many times, why? why? Why did we have to go through this? But if I'm standing where I am today, I thank God Almighty 
that he allowed me to go through some stuff. Because people will always, listen, let me tell you this. People, you know, the scripture says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. People will always disappoint you. And the one thing that the Lord has taught me, never look upon man. God uses people, absolutely, but people don't listen. And then God has to send angels. And, and the Bible says, by the way, that the angels will transform them in, themselves into people. You, you'll think that you entertain a man, but God has sent an angel. And, and, and this is what I, I tell you right now. I've seen this in this lockdown, how God has been providing. And, and I think to myself, why? Why did he do that? Just because he's good. He's a good father. He's such a good God that he will take care of you. Even if the whole world has forgotten about you, he will take care of you. Is somebody listening to me in this place? And so... As the Lord was dealing with me last night, I felt in my spirit that there's a deep, deep trust that both of us have with the Lord now that we didn't have before this. And I want to tell you just something, that, that, and I'm going to get into the message right now. Jesus himself said the following. He says, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. What a lot of people miss out on, if you think about the word, when you read the word, the word speaks about Christ. The whole word from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus himself. So when you hear the message, you hear the word and you reject the word or you deny the word, it's exactly what Jesus says. You've denied me, I'll deny you. So when the word is being preached, what people don't understand is that there's a responsibility that you have towards the word of God. So if you listen to the word and you do not take the word to heart and you do not practice the word, you're going to stand before God as a denier of Christ. Is somebody listening to me? This is why the word, you have to come to church with a Bible. You have to listen to the word of God. And the word of God is given to set the captives free. Come on. Now, when I grew up in church, let me tell you, I grew up in church where they had church. And, and, and I remember, I said to Eileen before the service, I said to her, I remember when I grew up in church, when a pastor was preaching hard, I always heard people say, that convicts me. Today, I don't hear that anymore. Today, I hear that offends me. When I grew up, when a message was preached and the truth of God's word was cutting through the heart, people said, that convicts me. Today is, that offends me. And, and offense is a state of the heart. Offense is something, let me just say, tell you this, anything that brings offense, you practice. I want to say that again. If something that you hear offends you, it's because you're a practicer of that which offends you. It shouldn't offend you. It should change you. Well, let me say that again. It shouldn't offend you. Say it to your neighbor, it shouldn't offend me. It should change me. Now, offense, I have to say, I have to give credit to my wife. I've written this down. Offense is a guilty conscience. Offense is a guilty conscience. So the word of God is being preached. People get offended and not changed. And the word of God is given to change. Now, one of the things that I want to get to is, is right now is the Lord said to me, it's clear as day, that my people are not living lives or they, they're not living a Christian life that's supposed to rule and to reign. Not a lot of Christians are ruling and reigning. Come on, I want to get across to somebody. A lot of Christians are not ruling and reigning. 
that are living under the situation or under the circumstances. When you speak about them or you ask them, how's it going? Under the circumstances, it's going all right. Why are you under the circumstances? I thought you're supposed to rule and to reign above every storm, above every situation, above every circumstance of life. Because Christ has made you a king and a priest. Now, think about this. The, the Bible speaks about the Messiah's anointing. It speaks about his prophetic anointing and his priestly anointing and his kingly anointing. When you give your life to Christ, you are part of that anointing. In other words, I have a prophetic anointing. That means to deliver the word of God. I have a priestly anointing. What does this mean? To offer up myself a living sacrifice. I have a kingly anointing. What does that mean? It means to rule and to reign and to expand the kingdom of God on this earth. Hallelujah. Not to be under the circumstances, but to be above. Come on. I am the head and not the tail come on i'm moving forward and not backwards is somebody listening to me in this place but god's people are no longer ruling and reigning why because we think ourselves poor we think ourselves stupid come on we think ourselves sick we are never above the storm always underneath it i always ask myself the question why does it seem so easy for the world to get stuff but for christians it seems difficult it shouldn't be the way it should be the way that I'm ruling and I'm reigning. Wherever I go, I'm in charge. You have to, come on somebody, it's time that you change your walk. And walk with your head up high. And walk like a big shot. When you go into a business deal, you act like a big shot. Why? Because you're a king, you're a ruler. Shout, I'm a ruler. I'm a ruler. Now, let me say this to you. When you renew your mind... Or when you don't renew your mind, your feelings will always take you back to that place where you got delivered from. I'm going to say that one more time. When you don't renew your mind, your feelings will always take you back to that place where you got delivered from. There must be a renewal of the mind. I want to, I want to go into a little bit more, more detail. You know how many Christians fight prosperity? And then they say, oh, well, it's not about the money. Okay, so why do, why do you work? Why do you send your husband to work if it's not about the money? Quit your job and stay at your home. It's not about the money. All right? Why is Christian so happy to be poor? And then they think it's part of the suffering. It's not part of your Christian suffering. It's stupidity. Christ came. The scripture says he became poor that I might become rich. The Bible says, remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Come on, the Bible says it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh a man rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Come on, the Bible says, blessed will I be in the field. And blessed will I be in the city. Blessed will I be in my coming. Blessed will I be in my going. Hallelujah. But we have this mentality that I have to be poor. Now understand that a lot of people grow up with another mentality. And I, I, can, I can understand that your, your past may have been destroying your life but you can't use your past as an excuse to stay in bondage somewhere along the line you have to say i'm cutting the umbilical cord who come on whoever the son of man sets free is free indeed i'm not gonna be who my past was i'm not gonna be who my dad was i'm not gonna be who my mother was i will be who my heavenly father is because i'm royalty i'm ruling and i'm reigning Shout yes if you believe that. I said shout yes if you believe that. You have to stop being who you are and start becoming who you were created to be. 
well, this is just who I am. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not interested in who you are. I'm interested in you becoming the person who you were created to be. People need to understand you have to develop in life. Everything develops in life. God created man to develop. And what does man do? Man runs to the uh, uh, place of comfort. And your place of comfortability, there's no blessing in comfortability. There's always lack in comfortability. The devil will always keep you there in a place of comfortability. Somebody hear me right now. You, you, you have to stretch yourself continuously and work on yourself. I always thought that the world is against me. Until one morning I woke up and I saw a man in the mirror. And I didn't like that man. And I understood that this is my biggest enemy. That's my biggest threat. There's no competition. I have no competition. My only competition is the man that I was yesterday. Come on, I, I, you better hear me right now. There's no competition. Vessel to brain don't have competition. I'm not in competition with any person. But the man that I was yesterday, I want to be better than that man. Come on, I want to, I, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will touch your mind. That your mind will be renewed in such a fashion that you will walk out of this building changed and renewed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I want you to look at the scripture quickly. Now, before we're going to look at the scripture, think about this. First John says this. It just came to my spirit. Jesus, the word says, Jesus said, as Christ came into the world, you are also. All right? Let me, I want to read this to you. Maybe, maybe you get this. Go to 1 John quickly. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. So it says the following. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Please hear the word. In this world, not of this world. Big difference. A lot of people are of this world. And, and we that ruling and reigning is not of this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. One thing that the Lord gave me clearly. He said, if you are in this world and not of this world, then you go where I tell you to go. You sacrifice what I ask you to sacrifice. Or else my anointing lifts from your life and I give it to somebody else. This is why people don't understand the responsibility of the anointing. When you are not part of this world, we are in this world but not part of this world. Do you know what? You don't care who leaves your life. You're not attached to people. You're not attached to things. Oh, it's getting quiet in this place. When you are in this world and not of this world, you understand I'm here on a mission. I'm not of this world. I'm in this world but there's a kingdom, another kingdom. And my rulership comes from that kingdom. And that kingdom is higher than this kingdom. Somebody listening to me. So let's go to the following verse. I want to show you something in the book of Numbers 13 and 33. Now before we're going to read this, the Bible says there was 12 spies. Caleb was one of them. 12 spies that went out into a land to go and spy the land. And the scripture says, so the 12 came back and 10 reported bad news. I know a lot of people like that. You will always find the multitude will be the ones that is, is giving a bad report. Now think about this. Last night as I was praying, the scripture came to my mind. You are the sheep of my pasture. But the whole world is like sheep. If one person decides to do something, everybody follows. But the Bible doesn't say you're the sheep of this world. You're the sheep of my pasture. And my sheep hear my voice. Come on and do what he wants us to do. Now, now think about this. So ten of them came back. The ten sheep came back and said, oh, it's It's bad. They said, the giants is so bad that they eat the inhabitants of their own land. 
It is impossible for us to take that land. The Bible says Caleb had a different spirit. Let me just prophesy this to you that you understand that God are looking exactly for people with a different spirit. You have a different kind of faith. You've got a different kind of, come on, a different kind of hope. Your faith does not operate like your neighbor's faith. You've got another faith. Why? There's a spirit of increase, the spirit of God, the spirit of favor on the inside of you. God is raising up people in this hour with a different spirit. You better hear me when the whole world tells you you can't do it and you have a different spirit. What did Caleb say? Caleb said, God has showed us this land that overflows with milk and with honey. We can take it easily. God doesn't show you a land without giving you the victory. I'm preaching to myself this morning. God does not show you the land without giving you the victory. When God revealed them, the milk and honey is overflowing in that land. Why did God reveal that to them? To show them they are defeated? No, to show how mighty and strong He is. I'm going to give you this land. Woo! I think about this. They, Twelve spies saw exactly the same thing. Ten came back and they said it's impossible. Two came back and said, it's done. We're taking this land. Why? They saw the same thing. This is the thing. What they saw, what they perceived was not determined by what they see, but it was determined what was on the inside of them. This is why two of them could could have said, we're going to take this place. I'm speaking to you right now. Now, now listen to what this verse says. This is what the 10 spices. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Please keep it on the screen. What does it say? It says that we were grasshoppers in our own sight. It, it didn't say we were grasshoppers in their sight and therefore now we believe that we are grasshoppers. No, it says we were grasshoppers in our own sight. This is a fact that the devil sees you the way you see yourself. If you see yourself inferior, the devil sees you inferior. But it's a mind shift. There must be a renewal of your mind because the 10 spies had no mind renewal. They saw defeat. They saw the giants. They saw that, and this is what the Bible says, we were grasshoppers in our own sight. You better watch me and hear me, right? now the way you see yourself is exactly how the devil sees you if you see yourself broken poor you'll be broken poor until jesus comes back if you see yourself defeated you will be defeated come on don't shout me down when i'm preaching good this is what they said in our own sight we were grasshoppers this is why they saw us as grasshoppers now i like what what caleb says later on the 10 spices, they are so dangerous, they're eating the, the, the inhabitants of the land. Caleb come back, he says, they will become our bread. The 10 spices, they eat, one, they eat one another, but Caleb says, they will become our bread. In other words, God will use them for our victory in Jesus' name. This is the thing with Christians. We're no longer ruling and reigning. We're always walking in defeat. Always playing the blame game. Always think it's impossible. Nothing is impossible for God. I said nothing is impossible for God. The problem is the way you see yourself is the way the enemy sees you. If you see yourself as small and inferior, the enemy sees you as small and inferior. It's so stupid of us to see yourself in a mirror and look at your stature and think that's who you are. You are a thousand times bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. For if God is for you, who can be against you? 
So you have an opportunity today to take this word or either to reject this word before man. But when you take this word and it changes your mindset, God will take you places. Nothing happens until a man's mind is renewed. You better hear me. I don't care where your background comes from. Nothing happens unless a man's mind has been renewed. Nothing happens unless you start to see yourself as God sees you. One thing that I realize is that the devil attacks your mind. The enemy attacks people's minds like crazy. That's the first thing that the devil attacks is your mind. Because there is where you doubt starts to being created. There is where you doubt yourself. There is where you doubt the word of God. This is exactly what, this, what Satan did in the Garden of Eden when he attacked Eve. What did he say? He tried, to, he tried to bring doubt with the word of God into his spirit. He did the same with Jesus. And I'm going to get there right now. But you'll, you'll have to understand there's a continuously there's a continuous battle in our minds. And if our minds are not renewed by the word of God, there's only one thing that can renew your mind, and that's the word of God. Constantly being in the word of God until you have come to a place of victory. If you feel, if you feel you're not good enough, you have a low self-esteem, what do you need to do? You have to find scriptures about what God thinks about you. Meditate on it day and night until it becomes a reality. And when it becomes a reality, you will start to live in it. Come on, somebody need to shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So they say we are grasshoppers in our own sight. Therefore we are grasshoppers in, our, in their sight. We are grasshoppers in our own sight. Therefore we were grasshoppers in their sight. But Caleb had a different spirit. And he said God is going to give us the victory. <laughs> I want to just say this. So many people are praying, Lord, give me the victory. While you're already in victory. You are more than a conqueror. More. You're not just conquering. You are more than a conqueror. People read the Bible, but they don't read the Bible. The scripture calls us more than conquerors. It doesn't say a conqueror. A conqueror is somebody that wins. But I'm more than just a winner. Is somebody getting this? I'm more than a conqueror. In every single situation, the outcome must work in my favor. If you lose your job, the outcome will work for your favor. Come on, if they turn against you, the outcome will be in your favor. When you have a bad report, the outcome will be in your... Why? Because you're more than a conqueror. You are victorious in Christ. But you have to have a mindset. I'm ruling and I'm reigning. So a lot of people are just happy with it. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of just getting by. I, I, come on, I need to speak to people that's real with me right now in this place. I'm sick and tired of just getting by. It's like we're serving El get by and not El Shaddai. Are we ruling and reigning or aren't we? Okay, let's get to the next scripture quickly. This is in Numbers 14. Now this is what Caleb said. After the whole group of people were complaining. Just give us a leader. This is what they say. Look at me. Give us a leader that can take us back to Egypt. People are crying for a leader to take them back to bondage because they are afraid of the giants. Oh goodness, just give us a leader that can take us back to Egypt. And what does Caleb say? He says, I think in my terms you want to say, hey, shut up and listen. Only do not rebel against the Lord. In other words, he said to them, if you want to get a victory, I want to teach you how to get victory. Victory is always secured. When you don't rebel against God, when you're a sinner 
and you walk in disobedience, you rebel against God. But you live in righteousness and in holiness and you do not rebel and grieve the Spirit of God. And you do not fear the people. In other words, you fear God Almighty. Then the victory is secure. Do you tell me, Vessel, my life is falling apart? Well, let me just tell you this. Don't rebel against God. If you stop rebelling against God, the victory is yours. As easy as that. But let me just, uh, I tell you this. A year from now, a lot of people will still sit where they sit. They will still be in the same position that they are today because it's a good message, but it goes in here and it goes out there. And it's no longer conviction. When it convicts you, it changes you. Come on, somebody, when it convicts you, it changes you. It's no, it's no help for you to hear the word and say, oh, this was a good message and go home unchanged. This must change you. It must penetrate to your very, very soul and say something needs to change in me. I should stop rebelling against God's word. I should stop fearing people. And by the way, let me just throw this out free of charge. When he says, no fear the people of the land, I want to add to this, stop fearing death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Death, where is thy sting? Stop fearing what people think about you. Who cares? Well, thank God that the way to heaven is not through your backyard. Hallelujah. You worry what people think about you? The road to heaven is not through their backyard. Come on, if Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. Who cares who rejects you? As long as God accepts you. Come on, somebody better hear me. I'm telling you this by the authority of the Holy Spirit. Your, your, your worth in people are shaking off this morning. You will find your worth in God. No longer would you care what people think. I'm, while you are still complaining and murmuring, I'm ruling and reigning. Woo! I was attacked on social media the other day again, like always. And do you know what? They typed out this whole message. And do you know what I did? Delete. And I thought to myself, you're stupid. You spent so long on typing your stupidity and just by a click gone and what did, it, what did it affect my life no I just saw the stupidity of people this is why in the Afrikaans it's called the men's dom because we don't use the brains that the good, the good Lord gave us and you know what I'm fed up with you give a scripture and then people say oh you must understand of your more. You give a scripture, yes, but. Yes, but. I can tell you where to put that yes in. There's no yes, but. When it comes to the word of God, his word is yes. And it's amen. You either do the word or you don't do the word. But you can't negotiate on the yes, but. Come on, somebody. You put on a scripture and you're getting attacked. And the Lord gave me the scripture. He says, on their case, on their behalf, I'm being blasphemed. But on your behalf, I'm being glorified. Somebody needs to understand that your life is giving glory to the son of the living God. Come on, I want to say this one more time. You better forget about who's accepting you, who's liking you. We are not in this world to be liked. We are here to be effective, to rule and to reign and to shake the kingdom of hell. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit on this right now. Listen, we are entering the greatest time ever. Some of the greatest generals of old are being taken to home. The Lord is taking them while the Lord is raising up a new generation that will walk with fire in their eyes and a sword in their hands 
and they will declare the coming of the Lord with signs and wonders following. You don't like my preaching, then you have to find another church because I'm going to get more on fire, more bold than ever before because this gospel must be preached of power. Hallelujah. How do I know it is the Holy Spirit on me? Because this is not my nature. I'm shy, I'm quiet. But when the fire of the Holy Ghost comes, let me tell you, demons are trembling in seven different directions. Why is this happening? Because somebody in this house are being free from their mindsets this morning. In Jesus' name. Come on, jump to your feet and say, I'll never be the same again. I'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. fear must go we will not fear man we will not fear this world we will not fear what's coming this is the hour for the church come on I said this is the hour for the church the devil must repay sevenfold everything that was stolen in Jesus name hallelujah I said hallelujah I'm no longer fighting for victory I seated in heavenly places I'm fighting from a position of victory. I don't even have to fight. Come on, I have a legion of angels. Whoa, come on somebody. And on top of that, I have the blood. The all-sufficient blood of an all-sufficient Savior. Let's get rid of the rejection of man. If people reject you, sometimes it's a redirection from God. People rejecting you is God protecting you. He just let their nature comes out to protect you. Hallelujah. So we build our world about what people think. How many likes I get on social media. Who cares? Who cares if you are known on, in this world as long as your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what it's all about. You can no longer live for the acceptance of man. It's here today we have to make up your mind. And say am I living for this world? I'm not part of this world. I said, I am not part of this world. Christ came to earth to demonstrate the kingdom. He says, as he was, so are we in this world. In others to do what? To be liked. He wasn't liked. He wasn't accepted. His own people rejected him. I'm loving that today. You know how many times I've cried over South Africa. Cried over this nation. Been everywhere. Preached everywhere. Do you know, can I just say it as it is? If I hurt your feelings, sorry. Ask my wife who's, who's attacking me on social media. Churches in South Africa. Churches in South Africa. Sad. Am I living for them? No ways. Do you know when I get the attacks from them, I know I'm doing something right. I said, I know I'm doing something right. Listen, every demon in hell better hear this. I'm a watchman on the wall. I'm not here to retaliate and stick. Come on, I'm here with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Our generation shall know the Lord. And do you know why? what they hate? They hate a man that can reveal Christ. And it's all about Jesus. It's not about the Maserati. It's not about the following. It's about Jesus. Let me say it again. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. My God, I feel the fire of the Lord in this place. God never shows you a land. Tell your neighbor, God never shows you a land without giving you the victory. If God shows you the land, He shows you the victory. 
Come on somebody, when God shows you a land, when God gives you sometimes just a vision and a glimpse, it's just a, a trail of what's coming to your life. And what you need to do is you need to activate your faith and say, I'm going to run wholeheartedly after this. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. If you're a, if you're a good husband, a good wife, you're a, you're a good father, good parent, good Christian, why are you good? Why, why do you think you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be a good husband? No, it's because of the goodness of God in you. Everything that is good, it's from God. Is somebody listening to me? So in other words, if I'm, if I'm a good husband, I can't, even, I can't even take the credit for that. Because it's His goodness overflowing in my life that makes me a good person. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm such a good wife. You're a good, good, great wife. But it's not because of you. It's because of His, his, his presence in your life that overflows. So I want to do good things to my children. I want to do good things. Why? Because that's the heavenly father that wants to do good things unto my children. You didn't get this. Why do you think certain people are good to you? It's because God wants to be good to you. So he's moving people because the Bible says he uses people. All right, now you feel I want to bless somebody. Why? Because God wanted to bless them. And we are so blind, we don't even understand this. When you want to do something good to your children, it's not just because obviously you're a good parent, but it's because God wants to be good to your children. I know a lot of people that want to be good to their children. They will spend their money on alcohol and cigarettes and all those nonsense instead of, you know, just taking care of your children. You know, a lot of people told me, that you can't be there what? Tell that to the Lord. <laughs> he wants to take care of them. And you wonder why there's bad parents. Because there's a bad devil. Any man and woman of God that's filled with the Spirit of God will be good. Because you have the overflow of God in your life. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. But you have to change your mindset. There must be a renewal of your mind. Listen to me right now. Nothing happens. Every single fight is in the mind. Listen, a lot of people think they have discernment, but they're just suspicious. The Lord is showing me. It's not the Lord. It's just suspicion. Because, and let me tell you, suspicion comes from an unrenewed mind. While discernment comes from a renewed spirit. So when your spirit is renewed, you can discern. God will wake you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, hey, something is happening. And you will know it. But what happens with the mind is you go to bed with a thought. And it, it grows and it grows and it grows. Think about this. He's calling somebody when you're not around. Check the phone. Aha, this more, this more. My mom, my mom. So suspicious sometimes. <laughs> We're suspicious, and it's not discernment because there's not there haven't been a mind renewal. A lot of us live in a time in our lives where we think what if instead of what is. So we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait and we're eight years old and die dag komt met jy my cheat. Ek weet it. You're eight years old. You're still waiting for that day. And it never happened. Why? Because the mind has not been renewed. Now let me tell you something. A born again child of God has a conscience. Alright, let me, let me say that to you. When you were born today, there's a conscience. 
Now, a lot of people say something said. It's not something, it's a someone. God speaks through your conscious. That's that feeling. That, you don't come on that feeling. So in other words, if you know what you're doing is wrong and there's a conscious that says don't do that, it's because the Holy Spirit is still there fighting for your righteousness. Our problem is when we are looking at the filth of the world or we're, doing, we're walking in sin and there's no voice. There's no longer that consciousness. Then you're in danger because then the Holy Spirit withdrew. This is why when you're born again, child of God, you don't have to worry. What are they doing? Because there's a someone knocking on their heart's door 24 hours a day, reminding them of their righteousness. In other words, don't do it. You are saved. Someone listening to me. So what you can do tonight, you can go to bed and say, devil, you better shut up because I'm sleeping tonight. The fight is in your mind. The devil tells you you're not going to make it. What does Proverbs say? Proverbs says, as a man thinketh, so is he. You are what you think. You didn't get this one. Proverbs teaches us this. A man is exactly the way he thinks. So I promise you, your whole outcome of your life is the way you have thought. So your thinking is corrupted. Your whole life is corrupted. As a man thinks in his heart so easy. Now you better hear me. You better change the way you think about yourself. Because that's when the devil's going to... Do you know when the devil's going to leave you out? It's when he sees there's no, there's no hole that he can get to. I can't get to a mind. I can't get to a money. I can't get to a family. Okay, I'm going to have to give you the rest. But when you start to think about these thoughts, your mind has not been renewed. The devil will attack you and keep on attacking you. Come on, keep on attacking you. Now, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look at the following, Romans chapter 12. I hope we have it on the screen. Yes, we do. This is what, what Paul says. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your bodies, by the way. Think about what he says, your bodies. I, I pray that you all present your body as a living sacrifice. This is a strange thing. I'm just thinking about this. I'm not going to teach on this now, but it's, it's strange that he says bodies because the Lord himself said one of the sins that people commit is a sin of the, of the body, that's sexual sins. And he says what, that's a sin that the Lord categorizes on another level. You can see it. Because this sin, he says, you sin directly against your body and you will be thrown into hell's fire. So yes, Paul, he comes, he says, your bodies. He doesn't say your spirit or your soul. He says, I want you to bring, present your body as a, a living sacrifice. Why your body? Because the Holy Spirit wants your body as a temple. So your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why what I said last week is what you look at. What you listen to, what you say, it's part of your body. So Paul says, you have to present your body a living sacrifice. Why a living sacrifice? Because you're alive. But you must become a sacrifice unto God. Wherever a sacrifice is received, fire will fall. So when God is receiving as a living sacrifice, you're a ball of fire. I'm a fireball. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do we have verse 2? If we have verse 2, not. Let me get it. So this is Romans. There we go. You see, I know them. And he says, and do not be conformed to this world. Pause there. Don't look like the world. Don't talk like the world. Don't think like the world. 
Don't do what the world is doing. Don't do business the way the world is doing business. Come on, don't come on, don't do things behind the scenes that the world is doing. Do not be conformed to this world. So if they look at you, they must see there's a difference. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How will I be transformed? Simple, by the renewing of your mind. So in other words, if my mind is not renewed, I speak like the world. Let me ask you a question. If people look at you and they look at the sin of the world, can they see the difference? Do you look like the world? Do you talk like the world? A lot of people think like the world. Come on, there's, a lot of people don't, you don't see the glory of God upon them. So the scripture says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I, the only way that I can be renewed and, or, or transformed away from the world is by renewing my mind. When my mind is renewed, I'm not going to be transformed to this world. I'm going to walk different. I'm going to talk different. Think I'm crazy. But if I get into a mall and all the people are on the escalator, I'm walking the stairs. Because that's the way I keep my mind renewed. If everybody has a red cell phone, I want the pink one. Because I don't want to look like this world. I don't want to think like this world. I always tell Eileen, look at the sheep. All the sheep is just following. Come get the mark of the beast. Okay, here we come. All right, they just go. And I can't think like this world. When the world says there's a pandemic, there's poverty, what does Vesel the Brain say? We're going to do more for the Lord than we've ever done before. Why do I do that? Because I'm not of this world. It means if I'm in this world ruling and reigning as kings and priests, it means that when there's a famine, I'm still in control. I'm still going to be a blessing. Come on, I'm speaking to the, I'm speaking to the renewed people in this building. When they say there's a pandemic, people are losing their jobs. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go to bed at night. I'm going to sleep because I know to whom I belong. I know I'm not of this world. I'm in this world. What? To dominate, to rule, and to reign in Jesus' name. God even said this to Adam. He said it's time to dominate over the, over the fish, over the birds of the air, over the animals, and over the whole world. We are called to rule and to reign now in Jesus' name. And the time will come when we will rule with Christ forever and forever and forever. But while we are on this earth, we have to get our minds right. I promise you this. If you, I don't know why I get back to this. A lot of people must stop thinking themselves poor. Well, my dad was poor. So well that your dad's not you. God has a different plan for your life. Oh, he's talking about money again. So close your ears. And don't come and ask for financial breakthroughs. Pray for financial breakthroughs. You don't need money. We need common sense, people of God. I said, we need common sense. We need to ask God, give me wisdom. Give me better ideas, Lord. By the way, the Bible is very clear on this. It says that those who have earned a wage must invest and must add to it. In other words, the scripture also says that those who have been given much, much will be required. From those who have nothing, more will be taken away. Because God is entrusting you with stuff. And God wants you to, if you get your salary, make it more. It's not about money. Well, even God says this. Come on, somebody. But as long as you say, I can't, you know, I won't be able to do this, you will never do this. Listen, whether you believe you can or you cannot, you're right. I'm going to try you this side. Whether you believe you can or you cannot, you are right. If you say you can, you're right, you can. If you say you can't, you're right, you can't. 
I want you to hear the following. So when Satan attacked the Lord, who remember the Bible says that Jesus was in the desert. And the Bible says he was led by the Spirit of God. Alright? And if you have your Bibles, look at this quickly. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Now what you have to understand, the first way, before we're going to read this, the first thing that the enemy attacks is your identity. Your identity. Are you who you say you are? Now, quickly look at me before we're going to read the scripture. When Satan is attacking your finances, do you know what he's attacking? Your identity. I don't get this. When he attacks your marriage, what is he attacking? Your identity. He wants to think, figure this out. Are you who you say you are? I thought your father is the king. So why are you suffering? Come on, wave it if you hear me. The first thing he does is attack your identity. Because you attack a man's finances, you know exactly who he, who he is. So Satan attacks people's finances to see what is this man's identity. So look at this. The Bible says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The same Spirit that leads you into the wilderness will also lead you out of the wilderness. All right, let's go on to the following one. It says, being tempted for 40 days by the devil... And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if, think about this. If you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. Pause there. The devil knew he is the son of God. But he wanted Christ to doubt. If you are the son of God, are you who you say you are? You didn't get this one. So he's attacking the Lord Jesus Christ by attacking his identity. He did the same thing with, with, with Eve. Did God say this? No, this is not what God meant. So he's trying to doubt. the. He wants you to doubt the word of God so that you don't understand who you really are. Come on, you are who the word of God says you are. If you are the son of God. So he's insulting Christ. Trying to make him feel like he's not worthy to be called the son of God. If you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, what? I am Jesus. How dare you? I'm offended by your remarks. Don't you know who I am? This is not what Jesus says. Jesus knows who he is. He does not have an identity crisis. He's not a schizophrenic. He didn't say, hang on, I'm going to get back to you on this subject. Lord, who am I? The devil said, I'm not your son. So I'm questioning it now, Lord. Jesus didn't do that. What did he say? This is how you renew your mind. It is written. There you got all your answers. How do I renew my mind? It is written. Through the word of God. You're not going to make it this month. I'm renewing my mind. My God says he's the great El Shaddai. He'll provide all my needs. It is written. I have been young and I have been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his descendants begging for bread. Come on, it is written. That whatsoever I shall ask in the name of Jesus. It shall be given unto me. Come on, it is written. That I am placed in the field. I'm placed in the city. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, one of the first sins that Satan tried to bring to Christ. Now, think about this. 
It's the last of the flesh. The last of the flesh. Christ became hungry. The flesh. So the first sin that the enemy brought was the last of the flesh. The enemy still brings the sin, the last of the flesh. People, listen, the whole world is filled with lust. Lust, lust, lust. Everything is lust. They can't stop eating. That's lust. Did you know that? Lust for food. They lust each other. They, they lust. They lust alcohol. Thank you. Big one in South Africa. Lust. And it's one of the sins that Satan tried to bring to Christ was the lust of the flesh. Now, people fall for the lust of the flesh because they do not know who they are. Because their identity has been attacked. And when your identity is being attacked, then the lust of the flesh gets in. If you know who you are, then you know I don't need alcohol to be myself. I need the word of God. Come on, when you know who you are, you don't have to eat and eat and eat until the void is filled. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. Come on, it is written. I am the apple of God's eye. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Is somebody listening to me? The first thing he attacks, the identity. If you are the son of God, then he brings the lust of the flesh. And Satan will destroy your life through the lust of the flesh. We are in this world, not of this world. Lust must have no right over our lives. Come on, somebody shout somebody. Are you ready for the next one? Let's go on. Then the, day, the, the devil taking him high up on a mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He didn't just show him Jerusalem. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a second. That's what Satan did. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and the glory. I want you to stop there. That authority was given to Adam. All authority was given to Adam. Adam lost those authority and Satan took the authority. Now think about this. The devil said to Jesus, all this authority I will give you and the glory. For this has been delivered to me. Delivered. It was just given to him through Adam and Eve or through Eve and Adam. And, and so the devil says, and, and I give it to whomever I wish. Let's go on. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Now think about this. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, listen, this authority has been given to me. It was just handed over. It wasn't a big fight. I just misled them. I just told them they're not what God says they are. You're not going to live forever. This is what God said. They will live forever. And Satan says, no, no, no. This is not what God meant. This is exactly what he does with you. God doesn't speak about money. And he keeps you poor, by the way. In any case. <laughs> now think about this. Now he says to Jesus, if you worship me, I'll give you everything. I'm just thinking to myself. He just said that to the son of God. Everything belongs to him. Stupid. If you worship me, I'll give you all these things. Jesus said, brother, I saw you fall like lightning. Did you forget? Did you forget who you're speaking to? Do you, don't you know that all authority has been given to me? Don't you know that you're under my feet? Don't you know that we've been called to trample on scorpions and on serpents and nothing shall by any means harm us? If you bow before me, Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Jesus didn't say, oh, 
finally, then I can retire. Take all the kingdoms of this world, I'll rule and reign supreme. No, what did he say? It is written. Renew your mind by the word of God. It is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Second sin that Satan brought, the lust of the eyes. He showed him everything. All of this is yours. So today this, Satan brings the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. So what the Bible says, people say it's a sin to desire. Let me tell you what's, what's this. The sin is not to desire. It's what you desire that is the sin. In other words, if I desire a better life, it's not a sin. If I desire my neighbor's wife, it's a sin. If I desire my neighbor's car in a sense like, there's nothing wrong with, yes, this guy drive a beautiful car. But the sin is when you start to plan how to get that man's car. Hello. That's the sin. Nothing wrong when you desire an increase at your job. Nothing wrong with that. The desire is when you steal your way to the increase. That's the sin. So the second sin that Satan brought to, to, that he wanted to bring to Christ is the lust of the eyes. Look, it can be yours. It's already mine. This is why you don't have to convey your neighbor's car. Because all the silver and the gold belongs to the Lord. And if you seek him and his righteousness, and I promise you this, I can't find it crazy as I'm going to say. God uses people, but I'm, I promise you we're living in a time that people don't listen to God. So if you need a car, God will bring an angel. God will send an angel to bring you that car. I, I promise you, God is fed up. God is up to here with people who don't want to listen. Up to here, this is why God's going to back a plan in the form of Gabriel and Michael and all those angels that He can just send like this to bless your life. God can use people that don't even know you. Let me just say this to you, and it's going to sound nasty, but it's true. I have been more blessed by people who have never met me face to face than those who have met me face to face. Whoa, that's sad. Because a prophet is not without honor, but among his own people and in his own land. So Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. In other words, get back where you're supposed to be. Behind me. Not in front of me. Behind me. Don't give place to the devil. It is written. Get behind me, Satan. And you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Let's go on to the next one. Then he brought him to Jerusalem. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Think about this. Satan is quoting scripture. You can quote scripture to the devil all day long. He knows the Bible better than you. It's nothing just, I can, I can quote the whole day. It has been written. I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous society and noise the sinners begging for bread. I can quote this until I'm blue in the face. If it's not a revelation, it's going to mean Nothing. When it's a revelation, then I understand the authority of that scripture. It must be a revelation. It's not just something that you say. And in the, so he goes on, the devil says, And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said. In other words, it is written. Did you see Jesus' comeback? It is written. You don't answer a fool according to his folly. You want to pick a fight, pick it in the word of God. You will always win. It is written. 
Jou maas kind. Okay, it has been said. Yeah. Yeah. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Pause there. He says, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed. When the devil brings temptation, and you show the devil, my mind is renewed, it is written, he must depart from you. Amen. Then you've won the battle in your mind. Then what does he say? He says, until an opportune time. And the opportune time was the saddest part of it all. Because the opportune time came through one of the disciples. Who loved money more than he loved Christ. The one who kissed him and said, I love you, but he was a backstabber. And Satan used him as an entrance. A lot of people say this nonsense. If it wasn't for Judas, Jesus would have never been to the cross. Jesus was a sinner. The Lord himself said it was better for a man like that not to be born than for him to sell out the son of the living God. When he hung himself, he died in such a way that his intestines burst out of his stomach. Don't tell me that was a man of God. Jesus would have went to Calvary's cross even if Judas wasn't even on the scene because he had you on his mind. And I want to just let every devil in hell hear me. If every sinner of the world, if 8 billion people today come to the Lord in repentance, His blood is sufficient for each one of them. His blood is sufficient to purchase each one of them. And it's only Jesus that can do that. So when he said that to the Lord, do you know what the first sin that he tried to bring in? The sin of pride. You, you're the son of God, just jump, the angels will catch you. Pride. And pride comes before the fall, the scripture says. So hear me, three sins that the enemy uses every single day is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride. You know when people, some people, when they achieve something, pride comes into the heart. And they don't understand everything that you are is not because of your goodness and your greatness. Everything that you are is because of the goodness of God. Every success, every single time you get a new deal, every single time you, you are on it, it doesn't matter what. It's because of the goodness of God. It's not because of your hard work and your cleverness. Don't let pride come into your heart. A lot of people take the talent and it's turned into pride. And pride comes before the fall. Keep yourself humble before God Almighty. Don't let pride sneak into your heart. Satan fell because of pride in his heart. A lot of people come to a fall because of pride. Is somebody listening to me? This is why we have to get rid of all form of pride. Listen, you have an opportunity this morning to either change your mindset or stay in the old mind. But your mind will kill you. It will destroy you. The devil sees you the way you see yourself. And please hear me. Don't let this be a good message. You have to take this message and do something with it to change your whole mindset. I can't, I can't even... Sometimes when I, when I look at people's lives, I'm baffled. I think to myself, my goodness, isn't there something screaming out of you? There's better, there's better, there's better. You know, I get a lot of, maybe this is going to sound bad, but I get a lot of messages. Please pray for my husband that he will, that he will leave his gold friend and, and just come back to me and love me a long time. And then I write back. I pray that God will just touch you and give you a new mind. That you'll understand you're better than that. 
if you ask him to come back you give him permission why is the ladies quiet in this place he cheats you and you ask him back you give him permission then you ask please pray that he will just i pray that god will shake you that you will understand that there's better than that i pray that you will have a new uh, renewed mind that your worth is not finding that cheating son of a gun but that your worth is found in christ jesus that you understand that he's your glory and the lifter of your head it's not those who walked out on you he always stays you are not who people say you are you are what god says you are and there's value in you god when he created you did not make a mistake he didn't want to make somebody else he made you in his image and in his likeness and when the enemy attacks you and say you're not good enough you better stand up and say it is written i have been created you can even tell the devil listen brother or some of you call him brother because you're so close to him listen buddy listen guy listen you failed ill who has been created in the image of god me or you i have been created in his image no angel has more authority than those who has been created in the image of god come on we are rulers and reigners. the bible says we will rule over angels but you can't even rule over your emotions you can't even rule over your mind you have to rule your mind or your mind will rule you come on somebody hear me you have to rule your mind or your mind will rule you you have to make a decision simple as that when the fourth comes in fight it with the word of god it is written it is written it is written come on it is written i'm better than that it is written stop looking at yourself in the mirror and say i'm not big enough i'm not short enough i'm not strong enough and look into that eyes and see God. He created me exactly the way I am. Think about this. There's no guy with a, the same fingerprints as Vessel Brain. That's how unique I am. Goodness gracious. Hallelujah. There's no one like you. But the enemy wants to tell you you're not good enough. Why is the enemy telling you you're not good enough? He can't tell you you're good enough. He's a lie and the father thereof. I feel the anointing of the Lord here. Yeah. I think a lot of people in this place today are going to get a shaking in their spirit, man. As you see yourself, the enemy sees you. The enemy perceives what he sees you thinking about yourself. When you live a life lesser than what God has planned for you, you insult God. I want to say that again. If you think that God is fine with you having nothing, you're insulting God. God's got a better life for you. He's a great provider. He's a great, great father. You know, I think the problem is today with people that don't understand the provision of God. It will come through every, every, every area because he's a loving father. If you just understand the love of the father, my God, it will change your life. I've seen a facet of God I've never seen before. One thing I can tell you, he's faithful. He's so, so faithful. You might walk with the Lord, you know. Can I be honest? I'm an honest preacher. I'm straight to the... When I started out in full-time ministry, uh, my mind said to me, you have to preach. You have to get somewhere to preach because otherwise there's no provision. And then you preach at the church and they steal your money. God's my witness. They steal your money. You don't even get 
the money. Long story short, most preachers, by the way, that travels around is going through that. This is why when I had people here preaching, our staff knows we blessed them out of the socks. I even go into my personal money and give more because well, as you sow, you reap. So, but I always had this thing, I have to travel, I have to travel, so my schedule is filling up. And, and I understood one thing, my eyes were taken away from the Lord at the time. Because I knew now, everybody wants Vessel to bring to preach at the church. And I'm busy, my schedule is busy, the nations of the world is opening up. And one day, especially December, the month of December, people don't care about churches nor about preachers. And the month of December, I had to preach overseas. So every year I go overseas in the month of December. This is before the church. And I heard the Spirit of God say to me, you're going nowhere. You're canceling all your services. Now I'm fighting in my spirit. Now I know the voice of the Spirit. So I'm fighting in my spirit. I said, Lord, how can I not going anywhere, Lord? This is December, you know. Please remember it's December in South Africa, Lord. Nobody's going to take care. You know, I had this big fight and the Lord said, you're going nowhere. And I said, Lord, why? He says, I'm going to teach you faith. And I thought to myself, I'm doomed. So Eileen will remember this. The one morning, Sunday morning, she woke me up. She said, let's go to a church. I said, I don't want to go to church because if I go there, people want me to pray for them. And you have to understand, I'm under stress now. I have to pray. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. And she said, just go to church. I feel go to church. And it's a big church. So a very, very big church. So we got there. People recognized us. I preached there before and everybody greeted. So we're standing there in the praise and worship. So I'm speaking to the Lord and a guy taps me on the shoulder and I turn around. He says, I want to see you afterwards. And I thought, yeah, uh, I, say, I told you so. Now I'm going to pray again. And the whole line is going to, I need prayer right now. So the guy came. I don't know who this guy is. He just came after the service. He said, I passed the vessel. You blessed me. Your ministry blesses me. I said, thank you, sir. What can I pray for? No, 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 no. He said, he said I'm just here to bless you. The Lord says you and your family need a vacation. And I thought, my God, you don't, I need two. <laughs> and he blessed us with a vacation. He, he, he kept his word. And he said on top of that, he says, you, you need money. He gave me enough money to sustain me for December. I had no idea what I'm going to do. But God knew exactly what he was going to do. And I, I found a place in my life where I know exactly, even if I'm sitting the whole year, preaching no way, that God will provide my every need. Because God, I promise you, hear me right now. And I, I, say, this, I say this before the whole world, that God knows exactly who's his. And he's a good father. And he, he makes sure the blessing will locate you. Listen, I, I got... Many times in the past, phone calls of people I've never seen in my life. Then they say, we can't sleep because the only thing we see is your face. And we just need to bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for sending your angels and waking them up. And say, my children need breakthrough. God will use His ways and His means to get to you. But He will never forsake you. And the one thing that you need to do is you have to change your mind. People will fail you. But God will never fail you. And God hates it. When our faith is in men, men will fail and man will have to stand before God and give accountability but God never fails he will always provide your every single need people told me a million times you will never make it I am not what they say that I am I am what God's word says it is written I'll take care of you we 
teach our children this, everything that we have comes from God. It's His goodness and His mercy. Sometimes I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not my business. My business is to have a renewed mind and think the way God wants me to think. And God will bring the supply. Come on, is somebody listening to me? Especially how we are living in right now, God don't need people. People think that if I'm, the, if I'm not going to bless him, we'll spite him. You spite your face. God will use the sinners of this world to come to you and say, just take my money. I heard a preacher that he preached on, he preached on, on finances or something. And he says, a, a, a sin of the world, a guy that, that's not even saved, came to him and said, I listened to one of your messages. All you speak about is money, money, money. But just take it. Just take it. And he threw $5,000 at him. Just take it. He said, thank God. The money of the unjust is mine. He said, I didn't give it back. It's mine. It's mine. God will use the sinner in this hour to bless you. But the blessing will locate you. But change your mind. What's going to happen in South Africa? I know I'm going to prosper in all that I do. I've got a hope and a future in all that I do. I don't care what the color of my skin is or what the color of your skin is. If God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I want to finish off with saying this. Your mind can make you or it can break you. you. Go to bed tired. You wake up tired. Because your mind has been going all night. What if? What if? What if? Satan brings the sin, the lust of the flesh. People find comfort in food, comfort in pornography, comfort in things of this world. Why Paul says you have to renew your mind daily. Paul says, I have the mind of Christ. He goes on, he says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It means we rule. If you rule, it's time to rule over your members, rule over your sin, rule over your flesh, rule over your emotions, rule over your mind, rule wherever you go, you have to rule, you rule at your workplace, come on, you rule in your house, you rule, you have to rule, we are called to rule and reign as kings and priests, am I speaking to the right crowd, <sighs> listen, I've seen too much in the word of God that wants me to, to do good, if God wants me to do good, nobody's going to stop me, never apologize for the blessings of God, just because people are not doing what you're doing. A lot of people can, can talk, but they're not doing what you're doing. They're not sowing as you're sowing. Let me tell you something. And uh, I didn't want to say this, but I'm going to say this in any case. I was praying one night. I said, Lord, I need a personal breakthrough, financial breakthrough. I said, Lord, I always tell Eileen this. I said, people like to give to the church. And that's great. Give to the church. Give to the work of God that the kingdom can be. But, but people don't understand this when money goes to the church your pastor doesn't live off the money okay there's sauce to keep you in control every month you send in your stuff they want to know uh, uh, npos i get calls every time every month what was ten thousand rand water and electricity i sow out of the church i sow two ministries out of the church that win souls they contact me why did you give to pete pompey's ministries because i'm a sower well, we're going to tax you on it. Do what you must. But we sow us. All right? So, long story short. So, I said to the Lord, Lord, I need financial breakthrough. I need a breakthrough, Lord. That same night, somebody contacted me out of the United States. They said, listen, we, they never seen me before. The woman said to me, 
She said, myself and my husband, we slept one night. She said, the craziest thing happened. She says, while we were sleeping, we heard a, a voice preaching in our house. She says, our dog, if there's any sound, our dog goes berserk. And our dog was sleeping next to the computer, not even waking up. And we heard you preach. And they said, we are moved. And we said to the Lord, Lord, why this guy? And he said, God said, he's praying. He needs a breakthrough. That's the words to me. And they said, we, we received some tax money. that We just want to bless you, but not for your ministry. We want to bless you personally. So the money, they gave me money personally. The first thing that came to my mind, I jumped up. I ran, I was looking for my wallet because now I have to sow, sow a tithe. I said, Lord, I, I need to give right now. Your mindset will tell you, listen, you, you just prayed for a breakthrough. Keep it all. But my spirit man says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because my mind has been renewed. A renewed mind is not what can I get. A renewed mind is what can I give. Where can I bless? Where can I be a blessing? So that night, it got me a little bit emotional. Because I was just asking God for a financial breakthrough, personally. And he didn't use church people. He didn't use anybody in South Africa. He used somebody that never met me before. Somebody that was woken up with my voice. Lord, why? He needs a miracle. He's praying. And I, and I was just praying. But long story short, so the first thing I did was I sowed. I sowed. And a couple of nights ago again, I said, Lord, I need a miracle. My own personal miracle. And somebody paid money again personally. Somebody who never met me before. Somebody that's not in South Africa. Somebody overseas that says, God says, you need a miracle. What's the first thing I did? Where can I sow, Lord? My mind has been renewed. Why do I say these things? Because I can stand before you and tell you God is faithful. I can tell you while everybody else is sleeping and you stand before the presence of the great I am. He hears every single time that you cry out to him. You know what, what is the thing is that God doesn't listen to people that begs. He listens to those who spring by faith. Standing in their authority, knowing their identity, knowing who they are in God. I'm not going there with the biggest mentality. I'm just reminding him of his word. He's faithful. Somebody in this house needs to hear me. He's faithful. I've seen an asset of God like I've never seen before. Where you pray, Lord, I need breakthrough. And he sends breakthrough in a, in a form that you've never thought possible. You might think that everybody forgot about you. But heaven has never Never forget about you. Heaven knows exactly that's mine. And I, I, I want to give you my word. Try to trust him with everything that you have. It's not always easy, but I promise you, it's so worth it. I always tell my children, you can trust my Jesus. Why do I call him my Jesus? Because he's personal. He's personal. If you sit here and you think that Father God doesn't take care of you, you have no idea who you serve. To the world is just God, but to me he's Father. I'm the apple of his eye. And he takes care of us. And he takes care of his people. Sometimes it seems late. Sometimes I've been banging on heaven's doors and asking the Lord, Lord, have you really, really forgotten about me? Lord, you know, there's, there's, no, more even, there's no more time, Lord, I need it now. But he's always on time. I feel the love of the Father. 
Ever since we started worshiping, I felt the love of the Father. I pray that the love of the Father will change your mindset completely. That you will go home and sit and evaluate your life and say, where can we change? You can't live like you used to live. You have to become who you were created to be. A conqueror. Victorious. A ruler and a reigner. Hallelujah. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to lift your hands all over this place. Every eye closed. Lord, I thank you for your holy presence. I thank you for your holy, holy presence. You're a good father, Lord. I know there's a lot of people that under the sound of my voice that needs breakthrough. When that woman sent me that email, she said, the Lord said you were praying. I pray, Lord, that you will find your people praying, crying out to a living God. So, Lord, I need a miracle. But as a man thinketh, so easy. You don't have to compare yourself to anybody in this world. Just compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. Renew that mind. When a mind is renewed, your whole life is right. You have to think about yourself as God thinks about you. Father, my prayer is in Jesus' name that you give your people a, a different spirit. That they will be like Caleb, Lord, that says, that your word says that he had a different spirit. And you are raising up people with a different spirit in this hour. With a different kind of faith. Come on, I want you to start to pray wherever you are. Just love those voices and speak to Him. You ask Him. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed. How am I transformed? Just by renewing my mind. It is written. It is written. It's where I belong. I long to be with you Take me to that place It's where I belong I long to be with you So take me to that place It's where I belong my heart longs to be with you There's nothing I want more But to seek your face And to feel your embrace Take me to that place To take me to that place It's where I belong I long to be with you So take me to that place It's where I belong I long to be with you There's nothing I want more But to seek your face And to feel your embrace
Take me to that place Kendromo siye Kinandromo se ti Kihendromo siya Mandroso kosi Kiandromo si ta Yendrogni tie Kimromondosi